Good evening and welcome to the beautiful historical Marionette Theater. Tonight we're going to be discussing an 80s comedy sci-fi starring Lily Tomlin and Charles Grodin. Please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Good evening, Mr. Smelly. It is a, a, a quite warm summer night. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. I'm I'm much farther north than you. So to pull back the curtain, this might interest the, the chat room and the audience is <clears throat> actually at this moment, I'm not in uh, Spud's Flat. I'm not in Pickle Hollow. I am way up in the North Country. And I am actually physically in the house and home of longtime Matt Name Minutia listener, Tommy Hashbrowns. And he is actually in an adjacent room to me at this very moment. Ooh, it's, it's almost like you're back in school and you're in band and you've got your own practice room. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like, DJ. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a hot time in the old town tonight because this is our season finale, folks. This has been the end of four years. Don't worry, we're coming back. But they they have to raise the roof. And by that, I mean, they've got to air it out in here. It's the peak of summer and the AC, it don't work so good in these old buildings. So uh, they have uh, so kindly asked us to... Uh, step out for a bit uh, purely for insurance purposes because we ain't as young as we used to be <laughs> gotcha gotcha so i have it on good authority that we have a special guest tonight toppy who followed me in well <clears throat> it's 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 rare it's happened before but it's rare uh why uh dj uh it's it's your husband billy are you there, hubby? I am. Welcome to beautiful historical marionette theater. And uh, before we get the show on the road, let's uh, do a little uh, product placement. Ooh. Cheese, cheese, please. Woo. Bon appetit! Who says dairy shouldn't be in a can? Uh, so speaking of uh, things that are sometimes in a can, if you would be so kind, hubby, take your place on the stage there for me and um, you know do that little song and dance number I told you about that our senior showgirl normally does. God, I could see why she didn't show time. That's yeah. hot up here. Oh, God. Turn I, the I lights hear, down. I hear it's because <sighs> the ice cream truck broke down, but that's oh. another story. Okay, here it goes. Pat is a homemaker, wife and mother of two living in a suburban neighborhood. Her husband works in advertising and is tasked with helping Americans discover that next great new product that will change your life. Little did she know exactly that was just about to happen. That hole in the ozone layer isn't the only problem brewing. 
Before long, she's been forced to move to the dollhouse in her kid's bedroom. Grab some of that spray cheese and some crackers. We're settling in for a comedy sci-fi told 80 style. It's time for The Incredible Shrinking Woman with Lily Tomlin and Charles Grodin. Hit it, maestro. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies? And a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Yay. Yay! Now, wait a minute, GG, before you even begin, I just mm-hmm. have to say something about what just happened. You didn't have the music we usually play for for Gertie. And then you jumped in with a complete ad lib and you 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 sung lyrics to some sort of weird thing. Anyways, it was brilliant. <laughs> mm. Is that fake cheese in a can? <laughs> Were you eating? Also, for the benefit of the YouTube uh, watchers, who I, I hope was everyone tonight, please to describe uh, the background. And also, you held up a dish of something. Uh, please to let us know what that is. Okay, so if you are viewing us, um, like you, you like your stories, you know, um, the the daytime dramas. We are on. YouTube, you can just go to matinemanoush.com and click that little TV symbol there that's YouTube. And you could see us in our glory because sometimes we like to play dress up. You know, no, it's uh it doesn't harm anyone if uh well you keep the curtains closed. But anyways, uh tonight behind me, I am in the dollhouse that Lily Tomlin was forced to live out of one sheet. Oh, of course you are, because that guy in blue in that chair over there in the corner <laughs> has a bit of a scene in this movie. <laughs> yes, and, um, you know, as uh, Julie Brown once said on early 90s MTV, he's smooth. There you go. <laughs> he's, sm- he's smooth down there. Yeah. No, 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 I don't even want to. No. But, um, you know, the the plate that I have tonight uh, was furnished by uh, my dear sweet hubby. And it's it's a little bit of um, the product from tonight's uh, film, uh, cheese, well, in a can on some crackers. So, um, you know, it's introduced in uh, one of the early scenes of the film when the the ladies are at the supermarket, because where else would a, a housewife of the 80s be, of course? And I hunted down a can on eBay. It's the actual one from the 80s. No, I can't be. No, I don't believe you. How does that taste? What, it expired, what, 30 years ago? It's probably probably just like like it came out of the can yesterday. (laughs) I was going to say, when was the last time you checked your um, (laughs) non-perishables? Exactly. Although I want to say right now. A total confession, total transparency here. I am a fan of spray cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, we are, of course, uh, for those who are um, new to the the uh, enigma that is the world of Chateau Star Stage. Yes, yes, are, yes. We are big junk food junkies here. So, you know, it's probably no surprise 
that I would eat that. But of course, uh, we we didn't just have it in the cupboard. We did have to go out and get it. Anyways, um, it's summer. And uh, before we get into the discussion here, Toppy, I just wanted to ask you, have you uh, any fun memories of a summer adventure of your ute? Did you go anywhere special when you climbed into the car? Because this is a little bit of a family adventure, this movie tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there there have been times uh, because my parents were really great about, you know, if we couldn't go far, we at least went near. And, you know, in New York State, there are a lot of things to see. And I'm not talking about New York City, but uh, I remember, well, um, a family trip to Howe Caverns, just mm. for example, uh, even more, I remember a trip to Lake Ontario called Brennan Beach. It was all sandy, and you'd swear it was the ocean out there. Uh, so, yeah, I have lots of memories, really good memories. Well, for me, uh, we didn't uh, do much traveling because my dad was a homebody. <laughs> but uh, there were a few times probably uh, into about junior high or so that my folks would take me to the amusement parks. Cause you know, that's where teenagers are supposed to want to go. And well, I wasn't so keen on the, um, you know, the roller coasters and that hell no, <laughs> I was more interested in the, the carnival style food. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But the uh, the biggest adventures didn't take place in the summer. At least I don't think they did. Uh, about once every four-ish years, we would pack in the car and go to Florida to see my aunt and uncle. But uh, anyways, this film takes place in uh, 1981. And um, I was just thinking, what better way to uh, give you an idea of what was going on in this film? than to play the trailer. And uh, if you were in theaters or old enough to go to the movies by yourself back then, this is what you would have seen or, or at least heard. The strange story of Pat Kramer began on what seemed to be a perfectly normal day. Pat Kramer. She was a loving wife. Sweetheart. Hi, uh, Come on, under the covers. Devoted mother. Oh, cool. <laughs> An expert homemaker. And then, one day, something incredible happened. We've got it. You are shrinking. No need to be upset, Mrs. Kramer. As long as you have on this ring, nothing's changed between us. I was pinched, poked, prodded. I was examined by specialists I never even knew existed. Universal Pictures presents Lily Tomlin as the incredible shrinking woman. The adventure of a brave woman whose biggest problem is growing smaller by the moment. A hit. You mean she shrunk since the last time I saw her? You mean she shrunk since the last time I saw her? I almost sat on her last night. Can we give you a hand here? No one should help her. Uh -huh. No one could comfort her. Mm -hmm. Thanks. 
No one could find her. Lily Tomlin, Charles Broden, in the story of a woman who gave so much and got so little. Or champagne. Now, how about a big hand for the little lady, the incredible shrinking woman? Okay, so that was 19. Um, oh my God, that was the trailer that lasted forever. <laughs> Holy so Jesus. many visual elements in that. Mm hmm. So, Toppy, uh, speaking of 1981, uh, yeah. is there something that we do to get us in the mode? Or well, in listen, one of the best um, spots in the show for me is always what was happening in the world, the date this movie was released, 1981. We got Billy here. He's going to tell us. Okay, it's too hot to be lugging around this encyclopedia 1981 Britannica here. Oh, so let's see <laughs> what's in this thing. The release of 52. Oh, it's um, almost over. Hold on here one sec. I'll fix that in post. Okay, go ahead. Okay, it is way too hot to be lugging around the 1981 edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. This mm. is huge, heavy, and it's way too hot here. <laughs> you mm. know, Lily Tomlin was in laughing, and we had Funk and Wagnalls. So let's go. get this thing open. The pages have stuck together with the heat in here. E. The release of 52 American hostages in Iran is negotiated. Ronald Reagan is sworn in as the 40th U.S. president. Ooh. I remember that. Mm. Walter Cronkite signed off CBS after 19 years. I remember that. The Space Shuttle Columbia is the first successful space shuttle to launch. I was in college, and much like elementary school or junior high or high school, They'd stopped the class and somebody rolled in the TV and we watched that flight. It sometimes uh, took two people to wheel in those TVs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were total. Uh, what do they call them? AC. No. Uh, Tubes. Uh, no. They had a name. AV. Audio AV club or whatever. Anyway, oh, it doesn't matter. Please continue. Billy, <laughs> please continue. I won't say what grade I was in. <laughs> it was singular, though. Um, the Los Angeles CDC first reports early cases of what later would become known as AIDS. Sandra Day O'Connor becomes the first woman nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. Nintendo first releases Donkey Kong with Mario at the arcades. Yay! Oh, sorry. Mark David Chapman is sentenced to 20 years of prison after murdering John Lennon. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Didn't didn't he just get or am I mixing him up with someone else? But didn't he just get released to the custody of his aunt or something? Oh, I was thinking he, that 45 probably pardoned him. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. The first American test tube baby, Elizabeth 
Jordan Carr was Hi. born in Norfolk, Virginia. Hi, here I am in Norfolk. Hi. I, I hope she climbed out of that tube eventually. I hope that indentation from the cap finally came off her forehead, too. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, and, and to this day, she has a, an affinity for um, eyedroppers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Shall we get on to, um, well, who was born this year? Yeah. Let's uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, celebrity births in 1981. We got your uh, Justin uh, Timberlake. Yeah. We got your Beyonce. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that. Uh, we got uh, Alex Bledel from the Gilmore Girls. And, uh, hey, you know who else we got? We got Britney Spears, a uh, musician, former Disney actor. Mm-hmm. That's you know, who was born in 81. You know what they say about Justin Timberlake, Toppy? Mm. He brought sexy back. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, 19- not lately. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You might have to ask his wife. Um. Anyways, uh, in 1981, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, it was a movie, so it was on the silver screen. So the other films that were out that year, well, it was a bumper crop year, and this is not our first visit to 1981. In fact, it's at least our second visit. I think it's actually our third. Yeah. 113 films premiered in 1981. Holy cow. Yes. And among those, the top of the box office were Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, let me think now. That may have won. That may have made the most money. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, the the father of the uh, show that launched our run here, uh, Mr. Peter Fonda, was on Golden Pond. No, no, No! It wasn't Peter. It was his sister, Jane. No, I know that Jane oh. was in the movie that we started with, but her dad was in on Golden Pond. You got it. I, I misheard. Please, <laughs> please, please continue. Oh, and then also um, one of the James Bond films was out that year in 81 for your eyes only. And uh, the other films that came out that year were a personal favorite of Alan Alda and Carol Burnett in this cast, The Four Seasons. Didn't we do that? We did that, right? Not yet. Stay tuned. I thought the hell we did. Okay. Not yet. (laughs) Another favorite with little persons in it. This one is Time Bandits, a British British sci-fi story. And uh, the Great Muppet Caper also came out in 81. Now, The Incredible Shrinking Woman was among that list. And it was number 17. So it wasn't too terrible, (laughs) you know, for a movie that came out at the end of January. I know. It's great. It's good. It did pretty well. Yeah. Um, But the movie that did one better, just to put things into perspective, was a film with Sam Neill, who's a a future actor who was later on in Jurassic Park. Uh, in a film called Final Conflict that brought in 20.4 million. And this was a movie directed by Graham Baker, who did the Alienation movie with James Kahn in 1988. Oh, yeah. So and uh, we did we did the TV series. We did. Now, the adult. Uh, oh, sorry. The storyline of um, Final Conflict was the now adult Antichrist plots to eliminate his future divine opponent, 
while a cabal of monks plot to stop him. Hmm. You gotta love the cabals. Yes. Now, the uh, film that was one less on the rung from Uh-oh. Incredible Shrinking Woman. Oh, dear. Oh, uh, th- this is the. Uh, oh, dear. The, the film that Toppy will hide his face uh, when it's mentioned that we yeah, reviewed dear. this because it had Carrie Fisher and Chevy Chase and a boatload of little persons. Now, uh, this was under the rainbow. It brought in 18.8 million. And uh, let's see this. Of course, as I mentioned, it was previously featured on Matt name. The backstory was uh, that it was the backstory of the fictional talent agent who worked on the wizard of Oz played by Carrie Fisher. There you so go. there you go. So you're was, telling me, you're telling me DJ that our movie tonight is just one better than under the rainbow. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, in terms of the, the, the pocketbook return. Okay. Box office. All right. Or, or no, you no. could say just a hair taller. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. yes. Oh, right. So toppy, um, you know, we are, we're a, a celebrated venue here. Lots of different things have come through these doors, including mm-hmm. magic acts. And the guy who made this movie, the director, was sort of the magician of the film. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Mr. Joel Schumacher. Well, I'll tell you one thing I didn't know. Incredible Shrinking Woman was his first movie. Oh. I didn't know that. Well, okay, I won't say that, but it was his first theatrical release. He may have made, you know, independent movies. I don't know. Um, And then after that, uh, he was in demand. Uh, he was successful. He would uh, be doing an average of a film a year. So, for instance, in 85, a lot of you know his St. Elmo's Fire. Mm. And that, uh, you know, memorable, kind of iconic, I'd say now. And Emilio Estevez and Rob Lowe and Demi Moore were in that, just, just to name a couple of them. Uh, so uh, he went on uh, 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 to do um, work with Julia Roberts and some of her earliest films like Flatliner and Dying Young. He, okay, here we go. Uh, another great one, Falling Down in ni- 93 with Michael Douglas. Whew. Uh, and um, he, he, before he passed, he had 35 directing credits. And his last film, released in 2011, was Trespass with Nicolas Cage and Nicole Kidman. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to get a little ahead of us. And um, we are about to head into the halfway mark. So we're going to step on over here to the uh, refreshment bar. And uh, Madame Gertie has actually, uh, well, she's taken the rest of the summer off, but she's got to get her planting pots ready for, um, well, well, let's just know. say planting pots. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's taking a, a, a horticulture class. Yeah. That, that's, that's it. That's what we we'll it. Okay, so for your listening enjoyment, we have a, uh, well, basically an evening at home, as it were, because the uh, two women who made this film, the the leading lady, Lily Tomlin, and uh, her future wife, uh, Jane Wagner, who wrote this film, are talking about making it uh, and the beginnings of that experience. So what happened in, in the beginning, Tom Mount from Universal came to you and asked you to 
to write something mm-hmm. for me, yes. essentially, uh, about the based on the the uh, shrinking man that Universal owned the title of, I guess. Yeah. My story, the story of Pat Kramer, began on what seemed to be a perfectly normal day. Right away, I got the idea of instead of the atomic uh, element that that was in the original. Um, that caused the shrinkage to use products that were being done and more and more in the 70s and the 80s we were aware of how bad most of those products were or many of them were and um and the food and the food and all of that and so environment so and our environment so to make it that i was proud of that because i thought that was a good hook for for you to be vulnerable and average suburban family just living a normal life and having all this stuff happen to you seemed very intriguing and there was a lot of potential for comedy. For the antidote. I've always been haunted by the fact that we cut out that other layer of um, the real real reason I felt like I was inspired to do it. Inspiration is maybe a questionable word here, but I felt like it was there was a political part to it. We all know that those those chemicals are bad for us. Right. We all knew that. But the idea that they might cause shrinking, that being a, a something that corporations would like because they could exploit. You know, they could shrink whole populations and, and get all their... And have the resources. And get their resources, right. <laughs> and that was in the first draft, and that, because I needed to cut it, that went by the wayside. And so when I saw it last night, it seemed overly simplistic. Like a kind of uh, Disney family movie, in a sense. I mean, except like I I mean, in, in the simplicity of the message. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of just ignored that. And... Uh, I, w- I was amazed at the turns it took. It was it got very complicated and dark, but you know, at certain times. But I still feel that I, I was haunted by the the fact that there was no there was no reason given as to why a corporation would want to shrink you. There was no real yeah. There was no that. bottom to it. That's right. And so I I missed that. But after I got over that, I enjoyed it. I'd seen a version on television sometime in the intervening years where a lot of the characters were in the thing. Edith Ann and Ernestine, and I even think Trudy was in it. I don't remember Trudy, but she could have been in the shopping. In the shopping center. I think she was like a person hanging around the shopping center. That got cut early on, I think. (laughs) It sure did. Ernestine would have been good at some time, maybe a hit of Ernestine, some, but I didn't like where she was placed. Well, it was unnatural to her. She turned around and she was real heavy heavy handed. Yeah. Okay. So that was sort of an evening at home with the ladies who brought you the film that we're discussing. uh, Gigi, I found that really interesting, but primarily because what we know about them is that these two women have been partnered partners for years and married. Uh, I don't know how long, maybe, maybe not even married. I don't know, but uh, they're, they're a couple. Yeah. 
So they they apparently met in the early 70s when Lily was doing some of her characters on Laughin still. Okay. All right. So we have a boatload of talent that came together to make the cast of this film. And uh, the first that we'll discuss is our leading lady, Miss Lily Tomlin. And to discuss that is my dear sweet hubby, Billy. Billy, tell us about the leading lady. Lily Tomlin played Pat Kramer, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Tomlin began her career as a stand-up comic at nightclubs in Detroit and New York City. After a guest appearance on Merv Griffin, she began acting on television on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. That was between 69 and 73. That's when I remember. That's the first time I came in contact with her. She was introduced, well, she introduced a character, Ernestine. Do you remember that one? I do. That she was the telephone operator. In 75, Tomlin would appear in her first film as Lena, a gospel singer and mother of two deaf children. In Robert Altman's Nashville, which had Keith Carradine, Karen Black, and Shelley Duvall. By the late 70s, she would begin guest appearing on Saturday Night Live. The Incredible Shrinking Woman was her sixth film. Just prior, she starred in 9 to 5 with Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton. There you go. Tomlin would appear in four more films over the next 10 years. All of Me, which had Steve Martin, and Big Business, which I remember in the theaters, which had Bette Midler. Yes. And sometimes I wish I didn't remember it. Oh, Oh, no. And a documentary of her one-woman show, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. Following Tomlin's rise in popularity, she would be cast as the reoccurring Kate Carter-Shepley, an executive producer in the fictional FYI news program at CBS Murphy Brown. And then in 02, Tomlin joined the cast of NBC's The West Wing as the president's secretary, Deborah Fadir. And I believe the president's um, secretary was or the president was portrayed by martin sheen okay i think you're right Mm -hmm. in more recent years she's appeared in the long-running netflix series grace and frankie with her co-star from nine to five jane fonda which has run seven seasons and and critically acclaimed i think we can say can't we Mm -hmm. we started watching it back in 2015 and we have a lot of follow-up to do Mm -hmm. How many years, DJ? Five years we got? Mm-hmm. As well, she lent her voice to a 2017 continuation of the 94 animated series, The Magic School Bus, as the beloved Mrs. Frizzle. Oh. Well, along with our leading lady, because, of course, behind uh, every uh, every man is a very astonished woman, but uh, in The Incredible Shrinking Woman... Some might say that this is a gender swap because it's based uh, loosely on the original story of the shrinking man. True and enough. Uh, married to Lily Tomlin in this uh, film is Charles Grodin. 
he played Vance Kramer. What a terrific yeah. 80s name, Vance. Now, now, listen, I want to tell you in advance. I had a conversation with Tommy because I'm in his house. Mm. And we talked about Charles Grodin. And we talked about this movie. And Tommy told me, listen, I don't want, I don't want to tell stories out of it. He does not particularly appreciate Charles Grodin in this movie or many of them. Although he did seem to single out King Kong as a very good movie that Charles Grodin was in. At any rate, uh, Tommy Hashbrons may want to avail himself of the chat uh, room to explain himself. There you go. That's all I wanted to say. We'll we'll peek over the balcony and see what he's got to say in a little bit here. So, Mr. Charles Grodin was born in Pittsburgh, PA. So, he uh, shares a hometown with Jeff Goldblum. And uh, he's of uh, Russian and Polish ancestry. He was raised in a Jewish Orthodox home. When it came time for him to attend college, he went all the way down south to Miami, Florida. But after seeing the 1951 film, A Place in the Sun, which starred Elizabeth Taylor and Shelley Winters, well, according to Grodin, it was two things. One is, I think, I developed an overwhelming crush on Elizabeth Taylor, and two, Montgomery Cliff, the male lead, made acting look like, gee, well, that looks pretty easy, just a guy talking. Uh, well, he attended Lee Strasberg's Actors Studio. Now, you, you know, uh, for a while there, there was a uh, series of documentaries called Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton. Well, that's what it is, is Lee Strasberg's Actors Studio. And uh, he attended there before making his stage debut in on Broadway in 62. Here, my house was built, by the way. Uh, okay. though, though he appeared on screen from as early as... 54 Grodin did not make a great deal of headway in this medium until he reached critical notice playing the small but critical role of obstetrician Dr. C.C. Hill in Rosemary's Baby 1968. Whoa. All right. Grodin's ultimate breakthrough came on the Broadway stage in same time next year in 75 opposite Ellen Burstyn. Now, they made that into a movie later with Alan Alda and someone. It might even have been Ellen Burstyn. I'm not sure, but it was Alan Alda. Anyways. And this was a hugely successful romantic comedy about two people, each married to someone else, who conduct an extramarital affair for a single day over the course of 24 years. So they meet up every year in the same room of a Northern California inn. Well, you know, if... um, uh matt uh spanking b arthur matt was around we could ask him where but anyways yeah. though the two leads left the show after seven months groden was now much sought after in hollywood as a droll comic actor yeah. and uh so you know dry humor and cast in a string of hit comedies among those were in 78 it was heaven can wait in 80 seems like old times which is a personal favorite because it has miss goldie hahn uh the lonely guy in 84 which i believe was a steve martin movie and midnight run in 88 groden also appeared to sterling effect in the underrated farce the couch trip in 88 which he co-starred with walter Matthau, who we've just recently talked about and dan Aykroyd as the brittle psychiatrist and radio host 
Dr. George Maitland. Now, in the 90s, Grodin reinvented himself as a television host, the Charles Grodin Show. Forgot about that. Yes. Yes. In 95, and he was a political commentator. He made frequent guest appearances on talk shows with Carson or Letterman, typically adopting the persona of a belligerent tongue-in-cheek character to facilitate comically uncomfortable situations on the set. Roden passed away at home in Connecticut at the age of 86, of all things, from bone marrow cancer. Uh, so, uh, you know, I wonder what he would have had to say about uh, that uh, fake news channel. <laughs> but uh, I most remember Charles Grodin not only from the, the movies of the beloved St. Bernard, which were called Beethoven, but he did a, a gem of a movie in the, the mid-90s with Kevin Klein and um, oh uh, Sigourney Weaver called Dave. And it was just terrific because the storyline was a man who was a lookalike to the president was hired as a stand-in. And uh, he fell in love with the first lady who was played by Sigourney Weaver. And that's just a terrific film because Grodin played the best friend of the lookalike and they worked at a used car business. <laughs> I remember that. I, yeah. Only from, yeah, I have a new monitor and it, it's changed the um, orientation of things drastically. Toppy is borrowing a new pair of eyes tonight. <laughs> uh, I guess that's pretty much what I said. Uh, let's not waste any time. DJ, would you please take the next part of the, Okay, so yeah. the uh, the third part of our cast here is, uh, you know, in, in the 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 trio of uh, fabulousness, Mister Ned Beatty played Dan Beam, not Jim Beam, Dan Beam, uh, <laughs> who was Vance's boss. So so hubby's, uh, you know, uh, check writer. Now, you Ned Beatty was born in Louisville, Kentucky. And he started as a professional performer at age 10 when he earned pocket money singing in gospel quartets and a barber shop. The big city and bright lights did not come easy, though. The first 10 years of Beatty's career were spent traveling from one theater to another, each leading him to a different city. His travels included Virginia, Pennsylvania, Texas, and then D.C., in 71, Beatty was chosen by director John Boorman for the role of Bobby Tripp in the hit film Backwoods Nightmare Deliverance. Dun, 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 dun. My aunt, there's a whole story there, folks. We're not going to get into. No, but it is the reason that in Family Guy, Lil Stewie says, oh, Master, I hear banjo music. Stop it. Just <laughs> stop it. <No>. His <laughs> co-star, Burt Reynolds and uh, Beatty, they both struck up a friendship. And Ned was then cast by Burt in several other films together, including now this 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 has. Uh, different overtones today by the title but white lightning in 73 which i, I want to say probably has to do with moonshine probably, um, probably yeah something called ww and the dixie dance kings in 75 all right 
And uh, Ned's talents were also noticed by others in Hollywood. And he was cast in many key productions of the 70s, turning in stellar performance, including an Academy Award nomination of Best Supporting Actor for his role in a movie that we discussed just this last year. Yes, we did. Yep. Network from 76. Ned Beatty, very memorable in it. Yes, and Beatty received an Emmy Award nomination for Best Actor for his performance in Friendly Fire in 79, opposite uh, the grand dame of comedy, Carol Burnett, and Best Supporting Actor nomination for the Family Channel's uh, made-for-TV film called Magic Hour, Tom Alone, in 89. Now, in the late 80s and early 90s, Beatty would have a recurring guest role as Dan Connor, played by John Goodman, absentee traveling salesman's father in the long-running TV series Roseanne. Now, lastly, in 2001, Beatty returned to his theatrical roots, starring in London's West End revival production of Tennessee Williams' Cat on a Hot Tin Roof with none other than Brendan Fraser. Oh. Yes. And at the time of Mr. Beatty's passing in 2021, so just this last year, uh, he had 165 acting credits. Now, uh, he lived to 83, and it's noted that he did pass of natural causes. So There you go. Uh, DJ uh, Billy, I remember him best and most fondly as uh, the arch nemesis assistant to uh, uh, the head honcho villain in, in Superman and Superman 2, Lex Luthor. Uh, so he was a... He he could do everything. He could do comedy. He could do serious stuff. Uh, he, Ned Beatty. Yep. There you go. Okay. So um, we have run through the cast. And we have a few minutes to go over our thoughts and impressions of this tale. Now, certainly from the intermission there, we, we got an understanding that this was a tale of uh, the direction the world was heading because of yeah. commercialization of the the wonderful world of, of science and technology and chemicals. Well, it, 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 typical of the television at the time, and remember, this is long before streaming. Long, uh, it was every, every advertisement, unlike today, is product. A product, a product. You're going to buy this soap. You're going to buy this shampoo. You're going to buy this floor wax. You're going to buy this toilet cleaner. And it's all like all this stuff. And plus, our heroine is involved with a lot of cosmetics. And they don't do her any good at all. And in fact, she starts to shrink. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it all starts with the uh, <laughs> the knockoff perfume, maybe, that, that gets brought home. And it kind of, I mean, yes, they took place in very different times. But uh, when you have these iconic moments on film, you can't help but try to mimic them. In the 90s, on the uh, Tim Allen comedy show, uh, Home Improvement, there was a moment where the kiddos bought mom a a Mother's Day gift, and it was this giant, like, 
croc that looked like some sort of Avon knockoff. Oh, and, and, and she went to go try some of the perfume and she's like, oh, that's lovely. She places it on her neck and she goes, and it burns. Ah, that's that's funny. <laughs> Just like that, uh, the the perfume that Vance brought home from the office. And what what did she come up with as the the great name for this product topic? Wow, you tell me I can't even uh, I know what it is. What is it, Billy? Sex pot. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and it just gets the, the chemistry going quite literally because you see her her blouse dissolving from where she rinsed it out on the kit the sink counter. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about the special effects. Uh they were adequate for the movie and they more than uh told the story such that you really didn't see maybe even a single, but maybe a couple, but I don't even know if I saw a couple of bad uh, optical effects. This was pretty solid with the special effects. That is the favorite part of my movie topic. Oh, really? You brought it up. Tell me. Every 1980s sci-fi movie has blue screen. Some good, some bad, and True. even the good, like Star Wars, was later fixed. Yes, absolutely. So yep. They opted to only go for blue screen only a handful of times in the movie, and that's it. Oh. They went old school, and by old school, it was all done by process, by doing rear projection mm. or front projection. There was very, very little blue screen. Like I said, there was okay. only two two shots of that's that's so, amazing. That is like a seriously no low number. Yeah, they didn't want to do the force perspective thing, which is what they did in their most recent Lord of the Rings movie, because it would be too difficult to make the set so that they could be filmed on different angles. Uh, so you, they, Billy, you got to explain force perspective. Force perspective is where the person of normal height would be right near the camera. And the person that was supposed to be shrinking, let's say Lily Tomlin, would be about 15 to 20 feet back. And they would shoot it at an angle to make it look like they were standing next to each other. Gotcha. Gotcha. It was just too difficult. Mm -hmm. But the movie stands up with the effects to this day to a large degree. And what's interesting is the newer Star Wars TV show and Discovery use a similar technology, but instead of rear projection with film, it's actually hundreds of TVs, LCD screens on ceilings and walls that are projecting the image Mm. and the camera is connected to them. So the camera can move and actually change the angle of the background. So it's almost full circle where in the old days, a James Bond movie, if he was in the car, the background would of course be a film shot behind it. And then they went blue screen, which we all know looks like crap. And then they did computer animated that never, ever looks real. And now they've gone back to where they film it all at the same time with the actor. Yeah. Although I just want to say I am a Harryhausen uh, diehard fan and I will go down. I will burn in history before I give up Ray Harryhausen. Never mind. Continue. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, uh, we are 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about um, the progress of the movie. Uh, I uh, thought that 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 Charles Grodin played it pretty fine. I liked the way he was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'll play along with it. And we we didn't feel anything uh, like he had some sort of alternate plan or idea. Uh, I I took him as he's this is a good man, really trying hard to get his wife out of this weird, weird fix that she's in. So I like that a lot. And um, I, I enjoyed the special effects where we were definitely seeing Lily, Tom and Shrink. And there's a little bit of an homage. Wouldn't you say, DJ, when we see Lily Tomlin sitting in a chair that is way too big for her? <laughs> and isn't that her character that we see uh, probably uh, in Laughing? It's probably where we saw it most. Yes, the character was named Edith Ann, and uh, she was basically a, a, a child living in an adult world, and uh, she would just sit on the edge of her chair and she would talk about random things yeah like she was older than her years mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken lily was playing edith in that character in the movie the same as playing the telephone up okay you could be right you could mm -hmm. be right because she did do that in this movie she pulled out all the stop stop she did now you know, one of the things I, I want to bring up that um, didn't really occur to me as much until I'd seen the film a few times, watching the bonus materials, uh, Lily Tomlin is talking about the uh, the development of the story. Now, sure, you, you have all of these people in the family and she is the mother and the wife, the homemaker, and she's in charge of it all. But she kind of goes by the wayside because even though these terrible things are happening to her, life goes on for for everybody else and the husband's world really isn't turned upside down by the fact that his wife you know could disappear into his pocket yeah. he's working for the man and of course at one point in the film she makes an appearance on the mike douglas show which by the way when this film was coming out mike douglas was in the last year of his run on the oh, show. lordy lordy lady folks <laughs> for you younger kids you haven't experienced mike douglas or what was the other guy merv griffin merv griffin they were two of the same i mean they could have been brothers as far as i'm concerned they yeah. did talk shows they did talk shows anyways so I'm you know she's there to make people aware of this problem that's going on and yeah, yes evils of the chemicals and everything in this world. There's no warnings or anything, but yeah. There's never warnings. What right. is it about that? There's never warnings. But yeah, the, the, those same companies sign her husband's paycheck, so they've been asked to keep her quiet about it. Yeah. And when wow. she's asked what they, they've determined is the cause of this problem, she says, you know, we, we basically haven't figured that out yet. When she, she does know, she just doesn't want to uh, get her husband fired. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let, uh, Billy, uh, DJ, let me ask you this. That, that, there, that there are a lot of um, themes in this movie that lead you to believe that a lot of products you get out there are maybe not so great for you. And yet, what did this movie have 
full of product placement. What did they get sold to bill goods? Did they not know that the message of this movie was anti uh, whatever they were? I mean, seriously, what the hell happened here? They had to make money somehow, Toppy. I guess. Right. My, my favorite was when they were going through the supermarket and they had to make up brands that were blended in among the others. Um, you know, the the uh, lady next door who's basically the Avon gal. What was it called? Flow Natural. Yeah. Well, that was so terrific because I, the little music box on her makeup kit, it, <laughs> it eventually wound down and died. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. But what I really want to mean is this movie is not flattering about products. The, the, all those chemicals. It's not flattering. And who were the people that thought, oh, yeah, I want my product to be in this movie. Who are those people? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I really know. Synthetic spermatozoa, macho <laughs> meal. There you go. <laughs> there you now, go. Allegedly, those energy drinks, some of them have, um, you know, they talk about, um, you know, products and questionable ingredients. Some of those energy drinks that are so popular with the young kids these days who stay up all night playing oh, games yeah. and oh, they yeah. don't they don't eat properly, but yet they no. know that they need the caffeine. That has... Oh, uh, DJ, you've just described my life. Can <laughs> Continue. Continue. Oh, the, the, those energy drinks have some of the worst ingredients in it. What What's it called? Guarana, I think, or something like that. But I yeah, you, you just read your labels, folks, yeah. and look it up and you'll be horrified. I once had a co-worker who... Oh, did not have any sort of food allergies or anything. And he drank one of those energy drinks on his lunch break. He came back to do his job and then he promptly passed out on the floor and they had to call an ambulance because oh, uh, it gave him a heart attack. Oh, dear. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hey. So don't go fiddling around with those energy drinks if you have oh. any family history of heart problems. Mm -mm. Okay. You heard it. <laughs> You heard it here first on that name, Minutia. <laughs> and hubby, uh, do you remember what I told you about the, the fizzing candy? What it reminded me of that we found a few months back? I'll give you a hint. It, it involved Easter. Do you remember? Yes, the hiding egg. They had that. It didn't do the same thing, but it had that same almost fake waxy candy shell. Wow, oh, God. And what was in it wasn't necessarily what you were expecting. Wow. No. Pretty much a dried up old marshmallow. No. And we love them. <laughs> but it, it reminded me a lot of the candy prop they used in Incredible Shrinking Woman that made the kids foam at the mouth. Now, uh, the last thing I'll say about this movie is um, that I think it reminds me of the reason why the urban legend is that you don't eat pop rocks and drink a soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know whether to believe that or not, but I've seen the videos, DJ. I've seen the videos. There's only one thing you don't do, and we used to do, and this is a horrible thing. Oh, we no! Kids at the amusement park yeah. that would eat 
all sorts of greasy food. No, and no. they would brag about how they haven't puked going on the roller. No, thing. no. <laughs> I had the best way of getting them to puke. No, God. I would get them to have a milkshake. No. Ice cream. It would no. solidify the fat that they had just eaten. So when they went on the ice cream, it would basically form a ball in their stomach that would eventually get them to puke. (laughs) Unfortunately, the maintenance staff knew when they saw French fries and ice cream, (laughs) who did it? Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Speaking of cleanup duty, Toppy. Yeah. uh, (laughs) We have come to the end of the hour and we're out here in the lobby. So this is a point at which we talk about things that you might like if you enjoyed The Incredible Shrinking Woman. All right. I'm going to ask um, DJs, let me go first because mm-hmm. you, um, but I'm going to say, look, uh, it's just super interesting if you check up on The Incredible Shrinking Man. Done decades earlier. It was the 50s atomic like boo-boo-woo. The atomic mist makes this man shrink. But uh, if you're interested in, in why this movie is a bit of a uh, uh, you know takeoff on the original, The Incredible Shrinking Man, a script written by Richard Matheson, that's what I recommend that you guys check out. Okay, and before I give my recommendation, this is kind of putting him on the spot, but hubby, if you have any wild and wacky 80s movies that you would recommend, if someone likes... The Incredible Shrinking Woman, what would you tell them should be on their list next? Oh, wackies, 80s. I can't get one off that tip. <laughs> That's too, hard. There is too many of them. They're it's a really hard question. And crazy. Of course, it would be the most obvious, which would be nine to five. If you <laughs> like. Okay. True. Now, because um, they were made together and she was in a really good groove in this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of the cast members that played Played the uh, the assistant to the boss that was uh, Dabney Coleman's assistant, um, Violet or not Violet. Sorry. Well, you'll remember if you've seen Nine to Five, she's the lady they sent overseas to learn another language. She was in the Incredible Shrinking Woman as Doctor Ruth Root. So uh, and, um, and that's a five, that's a bit of trivia yes. for you guys right there. Nine to Matt Five. Name. Bad name, name Minutia. Anyways, go ahead, DJ. Nine to five was made the same year as the Incredible Shrinking Woman, and uh, they spaced out the release time so that, um, well, the other film would get a chance. So that that explains why the Incredible Shrinking Woman was released at the end of January of all times. There you go. Okay, so if you like the Incredible Shrinking Woman and you like 80s comedy sci-fi, another film you might enjoys from a handful of years later this uh stars mr dennis quaid and uh, up and coming comic martin short 1987's inner space it was about a test pilot is miniaturized in a secret experiment and accidentally injected into a hapless clerk. now toppy and i talked about this behind the curtain but this is sort of an 80s uh take on a fantastic voyage yes yes a 60s film about that idea of shrinking down and going into the human body yeah and and 
Yeah. I mean, those who are inclined to a curious place, yeah, check it out. It's worth it. Uh, but yeah, Inner Space, um, The Incredible Shrinking Woman. I mean, it had everything to do with what this movie was all about. And, you know, talking about, uh, you know, side streets, dark alleys and whatnot. Come to find out, I, I don't have his name right in front of me right now, but the director who made Inner Space yeah. uh, has done several other films that I enjoy, including Explorer which um i i want to say has um sean astin in it and hey, that's uh, a great example absolutely mm-hmm. well you know it's the summer and uh they, they're going to uh, air the place out for a bit so yeah we're signing off for the end of our fourth season but folks don't uh you know don't put the uh popcorn and everything away because we are yeah. coming back oh, uh, yeah. just after the labor day holiday will be there around mid-september for season yeah. five yeah give us a freaking labor day we get anyway it's fine and then we'll be back we certainly will so um you know if you want to hear more of hubby's rantings uh, <laughs> you can uh tune in to the occasional episode of my solo show surely you jest and that's at syjpodcast.wordpress.com and otherwise uh there is uh, a bevy, a back archive of episodes of my nerd brother partner in crimes series, the Smellcast, over at uh, is it thesmellcast.com? Yeah, you got it, thesmellcast.com. I I do a weird thing over there that is mysterious. It's 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 fun uh, and it's entertaining. But there you go. Okay, so uh, in the ways of the old days of Radio Toppy, will you say good night? Well, good night, Gracie. And I'm gonna play us out with the jingle from tonight's film. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univospods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Queer and Far, a travel podcast from a couple of queer femmes. I am one of your co-hosts, Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blurred, two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award winning podcaster. And I am joined by my friend and co-host, Shane Anigans. Hey, I'm a noob. (laughs) (laughs) We have been talking about doing a project of some sort together for a really long time and we have been talking about potentially leaving the country together ish yes and now that the world is melting literally and (laughs) physically on fire 
and politically, uh, right. we're getting a little bit closer to that decision. And mm -hmm. so we decided we would get together mm -hmm. to start a podcast since I'm already a podcaster mm -hmm. to talk about travel, to document whatever this upcoming expat possible journey might look like. And we want to focus our effort and the content we create into being a resource for queer folks, black and brown folks, yes, and disabled folks, and all the other things in between. And we're going to pair up to do this together. We're coming at you with different strengths and different knowledge bases. And then we're just friends. So that's the vibes. That's the vibes. So come along with Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blasian Blurred, and Shane Anigans on this Queer and Far journey every other week, starting on Wednesday, August 3rd. We are vaxxed, waxed, and fully packed, so let's go. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net.